Hey everyone, just want to let you know that this episode was recorded pre-pandemic, so that's why it's never mentioned. Hopefully you're well, staying safe, and this episode of The Pedestal is a welcome distraction. As always, this episode is being brought to you by Stars on Crave. Today's movie, Sleepless in Seattle, and every movie we do, is available to stream right now on Stars, home to some of the biggest hit movies. Go to crave.ca to sign up and try it out free for 30 days. And now, on to the show. You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am Mike Veerman. We are here with Shane Cunningham, who joins me on the Mike on Much podcast. We are also joined by award-winning director, writer, producer, and proud Mensa member, Jonathan Popolis. Uh, But we are not the only (laughs) ones here. We have a very special guest uh, with us in the studio. We are very pleased to welcome an actress. A singer. You have seen her in Degrassi Next Generation and most recently in the film The Fanatic starring John Travolta. Anna Goya, welcome to The Pedestal. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Degrassi is where I've seen you before. Degrassi. Okay. Yeah, I used to be in this building all the time. Yeah. Wow, okay. You did like all of them. There's a bunch and there's like Next Class, uh, The Next, Next generation. generation. I used to cut the promos for that show. So I've probably seen oh, so many Oh, so you've seen of, way uh, too much of my face. Yeah. <laughs> did you give her good sound bites in the promos? I can't remember. That's a little too far back. Was this like seven years ago? Uh, This was like, uh, yeah. For Next Generation, it would have been. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was me then. Do you remember feeling like in the promos that you got some good FaceTime? I got some good FaceTime. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was Shane Cunningham. You're welcome. Well, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the show. Whenever we have someone on, uh, we've had a few actors uh, before and and other personalities. Uh, I always do like sort of a a quick read up and it's always fascinating. And I was looking at some YouTube clips and right before we went live, I was like, how do I say your last name? Say it for me once, even though I was listening to different people say it online. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, this film that you shot with John Travolta. Mm-hmm, what yeah. was he like to work with? He was a dream. Like, you know, when you when you idolize these actors and then you meet them, they don't always meet your expectations. Um, but John was like an absolute dream. He completely lived up to everything that I thought he was and I hope that he was. So he was super gentle and sweet and humble and just like so kind and so fun. Was this Gotti or the Fred Durst directed one? This is the Fred Durst one. Oh, nice. Yeah, what yeah. was Fred like? Oh, Fred was amazing. Like <laughs> amazing. Just so great to work with. How I would work with him he, in a heartbeat. Was oh, he like, was he like this involved. is what your character's motivation is? And was he like sort of No, he he was an actor's director in the way that he totally gave us the freedom to to do what we do mm-hmm. and he would just like drop a little sound bite and be like what about what about this i'll just leave this there and you do what you want um most so of your scenes open. were with travolta right yeah all, yeah, all of us so cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i played and, okay so he kid. wears a very interesting wardrobe in that film oh yeah so <laughs> most times i would imagine in between uh, like if you get a little bit of a lunch break you'd stay in your outfit of course yeah <laughs> does he stay in his outfit oh yeah Wow. Oh, so yeah. No, and he, his hair he, was all messed up, too, right? Yep. He had a, an incredible wig. wig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that funny. mullet. Um, no, but he was always in character all the time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, very rarely would and he that was break. a weird-ass character to be So all you'd be the talking time. to him. the most fun. <laughs> and he would be acting like an um, insane person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's what you're going to call it, yeah. That is so interesting. <laughs> and how are you as a performer? Do you like to stay in it? Or are you like, nope, they call cut, I'm back to being Anna? Yeah, typically I do I do break just because 
Especially, I mean, the fanatic was was different. I, I wasn't a lot, a lot of heavy stuff, but you know, on something like Degrassi, when we're dealing with sexual assault and this and that, it's a lot of really heavy stuff that you don't want to really sit in all the time. Otherwise, yeah. you go crazy. I think. Um, but with the fanatic, like the relationship between Leah and Moose in the film is just so it was there was a lot of banter and it was a lot of fun. So he inspired me to just stay in, in character, too, because I was always talking to Moose. I wasn't talking to John. So, um, yeah, so I got to experience that, too. And you weren't weirded out at all having to interact with a person staying in the Moose character who's way weirder than your character. <laughs> the first day. I was a little thrown <laughs> off. I was like, what is this guy doing? But What's this guy doing? What is he doing? But, and, and especially because like the first day we, um, we had this scene that actually didn't make it into the film, but um, it's a scene where Moose like spits his milkshake out and onto my character. And that was like the first scene that we shot. And it was hilarious. It was such an icebreaker. But from that point forward, he just kept... He kept in that in that character, so it was super fascinating for me to see um, and to get used to. So finally, I I settled into that and, and embraced it. Did you ever get to hang out with John, or was it only Moose for the the, the entirety? Yeah, no, he would he would occasionally bit? break. Yeah. yeah, and we had some good talks about musicals and and stuff nice. like oh, that. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I got to geek out. I feel <laughs> this is like little known fact about John Travolta because people don't necessarily put him in the same place they would put. Uh, What's what's his name? There will be blood. Oh, like Daniel like Day Lewis. Daniel yes. Day Lewis for always saying a character. I've never heard people. anyone saying he's that. Like method. John's a method actor. Yeah, yeah that's very cool method. to hear. Um, well, obviously you've worked with John. Our listeners might not know that John directed you in a short film. Uh, what was the name of that yeah. film, Johnny? Dumb Luck. Dumb Luck. Dumb Luck. Yep. Great short film. Uh, now you have worked with John and you've worked with Fred Durst. Uh, <laughs> what would you say is, is the biggest difference between them as directors? The biggest difference? Uh, probably personality. Okay. I'd say like... John's John... more aggressive when he's singing Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Rolling, rolling. Yeah. Rolling, yeah. Uh, and the biggest similarity between Fred Durst and John. Biggest similarity. Backwards hats. Uh, actor's director. Actor's director. Oh. Yeah, totally you are. Um, but yeah, the biggest difference is probably personality. You're just like super bubbly and like... Is he intense? Is he more like... He's not intense. No, he's super chill. He's like really chill. But he, but he's really chill cool. and I'm more like... And hy- you're like Hyperman. super excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's I love it. Yep. You bring up the energy. I think if they ever do a biopic about you, John, she should play you. She actually <laughs> embodied pretty you pretty well right there. <laughs> <laughs> unique take. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's get to the reason that we are here, and is that that is to talk about Sleepless in Seattle. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. That is the film we were either going to keep on the pedestal uh, today, or we're going to knock it off. Now, of course, whenever we have a guest uh, on the show, we let them choose the movie. Uh, And so we're going to get to why you chose this movie, because the first thing we like to do uh, once we get to it is talk about what this this movie meant to us. But before we get there, Mm -hmm. uh, we like to put this film into context as far as when it came out. So people knew what was going on in the world of film. Um, So if you listen to us, you do know this. We are going to count down, guys, the top films of 1993, because that's when this film did come out. Jurassic Park's got to be number one. Good job. Yeah. Number one, Jurassic Park. This is uh, domestically, by the way. Philadelphia. I feel like that made a lot of money that year. 
You know what's funny about Philadelphia as I was doing research? It didn't make that much domestically. It only made 70 million domestically, but 200 overall. So it, somehow it did better. Really? Uh, yeah. Philadelphia? Wild. Yeah. That's Num- crazy. Number nine in North America. Hit a, hit, I know we don't have too much time. So, so let's, yep. let's hit me with them. Number four. Or so we'll go with number five. Robin Williams film. Robin Williams? Hello. Miss Delphire. There you go. Uh, number four. I'm good. Uh, the, film we're, <laughs> good. <laughs> the film we are talking about today, Sleeps in Seattle. Number yep. three, The Firm, starring Tom Cruise. Wow. Shocking. Right? Yeah, that seems like weird. a kind yeah. of a boring We got to get out yeah. and see that lawyer thriller. Uh, it's like three hours long, too. Yeah. Anyways. The Fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones oh, is winning an Oscar for that. that uh, and then Jurassic Park. So those are the top five. Uh, guys, you want to guess the budget for Sleepless in Seattle before we figure Couldn't out? Couldn't have been much. Made. Ladies first. Yeah. Uh, oof. In that time, I don't know. I'm going to say 20? Shaney? I think that's a good guess, but I'm going to say 15. 20 would, I'll say 10. I think she wins. $21 million budget. Hey! Well yeah. done, Anna. I didn't uh, know, but like 10. No, that was, How sorry. Been 10? That was a good guess. But what? 10 into, but tw- even 20, I, I don't understand budgets in the in, Well, because well, you got to incorporate those salaries into Of course, it too, I know. Yeah. Does and Meg Ryan command Empire a huge State salary Empire. in 1993? I think so. I think that's when she was in the pocket. Yeah. But I mean, just, but is that, but. You got Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, this is right before Tom Hanks was like Tom Hanks. But though, even right? if even if he makes he five still on Tom the Hanks. film, he even if Tom he Hanks. makes five million on the film and she makes two million on the film, that's seven million dollars right there. That that's means right. you're yeah, only spending course, like yeah. you know, Some quick math right thirteen million on the film <laughs> or fourteen. Eh, what a money pit! Not great uh, math, but it's um, quick. And I'm sure a million went to the Empire State Building just alone, just restoration. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. But do we think that was a set? We'll set get there. Okay. Oh. At the end? <laughs> My vote is yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, what did this movie make in North America? 150. Johnny's 150. Shaney? 100. Anna? Uh, 160. Boy. <laughs> this film made $126.6 million on a $21 million budget. So this film was yeah. a huge hit. Like yeah. we said, yeah. it is the Jeez. fourth highest grossing film of 1993. Uh, again, what we like to do is talk about what this film sort of meant to us if we saw it when it originally came out, um, uh, um, why we like it, uh, why we wanted to put it on the pedestal. But because this is your choice, Anna, we're going to start with you. Why this film? You were like adamant about this one. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> New character emerging in this episode. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It's a favorite of mine. I just... I wasn't... <laughs> I don't want to give away my my uh, my youth, but I wasn't born when this film came out. So you did not see it in the theater. I did not. No, no but I did grow up watching it with my family, um, and so I've seen it just so many times. And it's to me, it's the ultimate romance, and romance in like the purest form because they don't even meet each other till the last scene there's no there's no making mm-hmm. out there's no sex there's no like nothing like that it's just so pure and that's what i love about it yeah so it's just it just growing up it was almost this perfect film that you saw multiple times it was like a family staple yeah cool for sure shaney well, I don't want to give away my age, but I was exactly. <laughs> I brought my wife to this film in the theater. No, but I was exactly I 10 years old in 1993. Yes. Uh, I was born in 83, May 12th. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to give away my age. <laughs> this movie didn't mean a ton to me. I just thought it was another movie that my sister would probably rent on a Saturday. And every Saturday we would rent uh, a movie each and we would both watch each other's pick. But I wasn't adverse to it, but I also wasn't like, this movie's amazing. Because at that time, I felt like there was a lot of movies kind of of that genre. And they all felt pretty 
good to me. So I was like, this is just another one of those very watchable movies, but I'm not going to talk about it to my friends or maybe even admit I watched it because it wasn't right. cool. And there was a thing called chick flicks back then that we don't refer to anymore because it's we've realized it's right. not appropriate. <laughs> uh, my main Now they're babe flicks. Now they're babe flicks. <laughs> yeah. It's a babe flicks. <laughs> uh, my big connection was was the movie in the movie Cable Guy, which is like one of my favorite movies. There's a whole part in it where Sleepless in Seattle is like plays on cable and uh, Matthew Bowden is like, oh, she loves that movie. And Jim Carrey's like, they all do. And it becomes like <laughs> like a plot point of like, you should watch Sleepless in Seattle with this girl. And that means that she, and that's the perfect, and I'm like, okay. So it locked into my head. I'm like, oh man, this is the perfect kind of movie if you want to like watch with the girl. I don't even think I ever actually ended up watching with any girl. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> date any girls or anything in high school or anything but it was just perfect like you had it like okay so i'm gonna watch sleeps in seattle and i'm gonna like know this movie so in the future whenever i'm like with i'm like oh i love this movie you want to watch this too like just like from cable guy <laughs> just for a some reference reason. point or a good reference point yeah. i'm like yeah no i love it too you love it too what are the odds but wait had you seen it <laughs> up to the, no i had oh, but i okay. love tom like forrest gump was one of my <laughs> I just had, I just saw it in this movie and they play like clips of it in Cable Guy and I'm like okay no I'm gonna start watching Sleepless in Seattle perfect but I love Tom Hanks like I loved uh, I, I Forrest Gump's one of my favorite movies of all time and mm -hmm. hopefully we'll do that movie one day but like yeah I'll, obviously I don't want to we'll talk more about my thoughts on it but that's that's my connection so to it, it meant a lot to you it meant a lot in that in that weird sense. way it was, so, like, it, it was it was the like movie for women it was the like if, yep. the, it's the, if i wanted to bring up like a, it, it, i think sex in the city ended up becoming the thing that replaced that if you want to like bring up a pop culture thing just in conversation with, and then you're talking to a girl you bring up sleepless in seattle it's perfect and everyone's like oh i love that movie i'm like oh perfect and you can yeah. just talk about it yeah i uh, i'm actually very similar to shane it's so this film was around i remember it was a very big deal and <clears throat> I know that Tom Hanks and like Meg Ryan, ended, I think they ended up doing what, four together? Three? Yeah. Joe versus the Volcano. They you did. got mail. was right after. You got mail after, sometime so after Nora this. Nora Ephron, same. Just because mm -hmm. it's such a big hit. People, obviously they're like, people like seeing these two together. Have they done a more recent one together? I feel like maybe. But right? It yeah. feels like, oh, maybe. check your Twitter. <laughs> no, good one. That was an even good joke. Yeah. Keeping it in. My yeah. apologies. It stays in the edit. Uh, stays in the edit. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't uh, like. I don't have any sort of strong relationship with this film. I, I it wasn't like a go to, but it was just like I remember it sort of being a big thing. I remember it being around. I definitely did see it. I don't know if I saw it on TV. I don't think I saw it in the theater. I don't think it would have been like something I went to the theater for. Uh, but yeah, I will say that I was excited when this was the film that was picked because in some ways I kind of like doing this, like everything we watch on this podcast is something that we've all watched or we cared about or we've seen a million times. So when this one came along, it's kind of like, this is a cool excuse to same. watch like a 90s rom-com. I feel the same way. You know, I yeah. love the idea though of an 11 year old Mike <laughs> going to the theater to see Sleepless in Seattle. One please. Okay. I'm just a very big Tom Hanks fan. Yeah. I've never been You've to been New here York, every Seattle week, or Baltimore. <laughs> Wait, so then why was it on the list? If none of you really have, because it's an to it. obvious, like whether or not it's not about our opinion, it's about yeah. whether I, I genuinely believe that this movie does exist on the pedestal right this now. This is oh, absolutely a rom com for sure. movie for yeah. rom -com. Absolutely, okay. that's why it's a yeah. perfect yeah. choice. It's not our opinion. Okay. I think cool, cool, it's cool. yeah. I think it, there's no question that I, that anyone would see this on the feed and be like, yeah. So is there a, a more famous rom com than this? It's a great question. Um, like what comes to mind when we think when you like, yeah when Probably I think the rom equivalent which is you've got mail when Harry really? Sally, when Harry oh, when when Harry another yeah, yeah, which yeah, is, which is Nora Ephron wrote that movie mm -hmm. too because like Just you've got mail is probably the ugly cousin to this movie right For sure. 
I wouldn't say ugly cousin. It still oh, has on. a place in my heart, but you know, right. I'm just the really cheesy. Okay, is that rom com girl? Is that a terrible movie? You've got mail, mm-hmm. but it definitely is not in the same. No, no, no. World is as this movie. All right, let's jump uh, to the reasons for keeping it on the pedestal. What did we like? What was the best scene? What was the best performance? Let's just jump right into the things that we liked. What did we like? What, what, what jumped out right away? Anna, why don't you start? Uh, for me... Was it her name? That's Annie, Anna? Annie, Anna, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, for me, I don't know. It really is just uh, the relationships between all the characters. They just felt really real and and beautiful and I believed all the chemistry and somehow I really wanted them to be together even though they had never even met. Yeah, a lot of supporting characters. They had like Rosie O'Donnell, you had Bill Pullman, you had Rita Rob Wilson Reiner. And, if Rita yeah. Wilson was in this. Mm-hmm. Question, was she his sister or like his friend? I think that it was a, a friend, a okay. work acquaintance. Okay, because they were already super married and yeah, I, guess I thought I it was very that. weird. I just assumed Victor Garber's, like that. that's a good scene, but yeah. Oh, the the scene where they're talking. Like that. Yeah, fair to remember crying. crying yeah. yeah, I just want somebody that I can have a decent conversation with over dinner. You know, without it falling down into weepy tears over some movie that She's you just saw. Very emotional. Although I cried at the end of the Dirty Dozen. Well, who didn't? Um, I thought right off the top they open with the the the, the funeral right of the wife. Yeah. Wild and way to start a movie. Wild right? way to start a movie. Or a comedy but, movie. But yeah, no, this is going to be a laugh riot. Eleven-year-old yeah. Mike was fuming in the theater. Uh, no, I. But when they're standing there, sort of on the hill at the funeral, and then the camera lifts, and then we see the Chicago skyline. I was just right off the bat. I'm like, that's a great shot. That's just like sort of a striking shot in a way to sort of start a film, which also ends up kind of. The movie's called Sleeps in Seattle. I thought the same thing. But the apex is in New York at the Empire State Building and starts mm-hmm. in Chicago. I'm like, this is like yeah. an American like epic. And she movie. lives in Baltimore. Yeah. And there's a little mm-hmm. bit of geography. Well, that's his on. nickname. The nickname is where the title comes from, right? Because that's yes. what he's referred to on the radio. Show. That's but right. Like, he, the radio show. Yeah. Yeah. he lives in Seattle and ends in. I'm just saying that this he is left Chicago quite for Seattle crazy. after the wife died. Yes, but yeah. that's his nickname on the radio show. That's totally. why they call it that. There yeah. was some other good alliteration on that radio show too. What was it like? Something in Denver, something yeah. in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I should have wrote them it was down. A good window into like radio culture in the nineties. Yeah. Like those kind. Of, I think those shows were huge, right? Oh, they were. I mean, even in the early two thousands, like I even remember oh, yeah. listening to those radio radio shows. I was obsessed with those radio shows. Yeah, that was my version of podcasts. Like now, I listen to a podcast to go to sleep. When I was like ten till twenty, I would listen to one of those talks. Who was the bit? Was it Doctor? Ruth? No, there was a woman. Was a, right. More, she was, I, I want to say Sue Johansson, but that's the sex experts, not her. She was like in her 40s. I know exactly. Was kind of berating. She could be annoying, but yeah. she was also very accurate in her opinions. Yeah. Yep. And very, and she was very opinionated. Yes. Which is very extreme. similar to this movie. That's why, like, even, I, they had to have based it on her. Maybe, I yeah. guess. But like, though, even the way, like, Hanks, when he's talking to her on the phone and, and, and. Well, Hanks was the right amount of. Um, antagonistic toward her. Yes. He didn't want to be a part of yeah. this construct. The kid got him into it. So he's kind of going along with it to be polite, but he's like, I hate this thing. I'm being exploited. But then after talking for a while, it actually feels good to talk about, you know, the, the loss that he had with his well, wife. I found Hanks was just great in general at hitting the right tone, even with his coworkers. Like when he was kind of like pissed off with the coworker who's trying to give him advice. And Tom Hanks has already been given a litany of advice by everyone. And Tom breaks that news to him in like a kind of a mean way, but it's not so mean that it's rude. I thought he balanced that very realistically and what could just seem like a caricature of a depressed person or a very uh, enraged person at uh, like, you crossed the line. He was always in the pocket that I'm like, I like that. That I'm accepting that as real. And I thought Tom did a great job the entire film at keeping that going. 
And he kept that tension, like, the world has screwed me over. Mm-hmm. I am pretty bitter. And I even snap at my kid maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. But it felt real. What did you guys think of the, the kid that played the uh, Jonah? I liked I, him. I, I even wrote that I'm torn on him because he's good but seems a little forgettable. Like, I, I thought he was great. I mean, if anything, you could say he's too precocious, precocious in I the writing. The word precocious. But, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but as an actor, I, I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Yeah. And I think he had to be a little bit precocious. Yeah. To call into a radio show when you're like, what, nine years old, eight years old, something like that. Like, there's an element that, you know, had to be there. And yeah, I he, he wasn't I too he was smart. Great. He wasn't too cutesy. He wasn't too dumb. He knew the perfect amount of knowledge to be yep. in the world. And he's a great character. Mm-hmm. He's a great character of like he's, he really is the driving force of the plot. Like if it wasn't for 100%. him, there's, absolutely, there's no like there is no call in no the radio, and he <laughs> continues to call on the radio show. He's the one. He gets on the plane to go to New York. Like he really is like the plot. And yeah. and you believe it, and I believe I I really really liked it when he was booking the airport. And he was book, that, oh, I yeah. liked that with scene a lot with his friend Jessica. With his little friend Jessica, Jessica. I, I liked you. I could almost <laughs> see the writing room that they're like, we want to have this kid do some stuff that's a little above his age, but we don't want him to be that classic really little smart. kid know it all. Let's give him a girlfriend so this kid can still be the likable one, and she's kind of the annoying smart kid ahead of her years. Yeah. And I thought it was a really good workaround. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of good. That was, you were mentioning it before the side characters. That little friend was good. I thought Bill Pullman was amazing. Yeah. Walter. It was my mother's. I had them size it down. She had really fat fingers. I love Bill Pullman. I don't think he's my favorite character just because it's got to be either Hanks or Orion, but but he's a close third because he like pulls off this like impossible feat of of being like I think he might be what makes this such a great rom com of of he's not a bad guy. They don't villainize him. They him, don't no. villainize him or or the girl that Hanks is dating no. with the laugh. Oh my god, the hyena! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like neither of them are. It would be easy to villainize yeah. both of them in order for us to root for Hanks and and Meg Ryan to get together. Yeah. But instead, they just made them flawed people the way that Hanks and Meg Ryan are. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually harder to do in a film like that than to just make Bill Pullman, you know, when she goes to New York and goes to like the hotel room, I know he knows she's coming, but in a lesser movie, he opens the door and he's got a girl in the room and then it's yeah. easy for her. It to- makes it easy. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't make it easy for her, for her to do what she does. Cause what, I think what she does is a quite a crazy hard thing to do. I just don't love you as much as I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The spark is just not there, which is what, and his character is to show he's kind of like a wiener. But it's not like. How dare you? But it's not like Tom Hanks is some like super duper cool guy by comparison, right? No. It's just they're just two different kinds of, of people. It's the spark. You the can't spark. describe the spark. Yeah. Well, did you he find did that have a ton of allergies, that guy. Like <laughs> his nighttime. <laughs> breathing devices. With that nighttime routine, I was like, oh, that would drive me nuts. Get out of there. Shane's like, I don't know yeah. about this guy. <laughs> like Tom is a dream in comparison because he's yeah. just so normal. Yes. Yeah. And he's really funny, too, I found. Which He's, one? Uh, Tom is uh, way, yeah. way more fun. And Bill mm-hmm. Pullman, if you'll notice, anytime he was having a conversation with Meg, especially in the early going, the direction was don't look at her and act distracted in your mind. Because he wouldn't, he'd be like, she'd That's be good. talking and he'd be like, yeah. It's aloof all the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is the subtle way they're showing that they do not have a connection. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like... Uh, Again, back to the hyena, as Anna called her. Uh, I can't remember the the act the, the the name of the character, but she I thought did a very good job of like she embodied warmth and kindness, and she was just like an older woman that was excited to find this yeah. Tom Hanks character, yeah. and she kind of falls off in the plot at some point. Like she's just yeah. once he goes to New York, we know that she's never going to 
sit down for dinner with Tom Hanks again. That's a good again. point. And that's like real. It was very real. And it yeah. made me feel bad for her because I just thought about that character being like, what did I do wrong? Like, oh, yeah, I got along with the so kid. Sweet. Nowadays, like, you just see on Instagram story of like, uh, like them like kissing on top of the Empire State Building. And that's when she's like, that's when she clues in. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> another good question. How much does technology change this film? You know, it oh. has to take place in 1993. Yeah. I don't even uh, totally understand how the internet worked. Like there oh, wasn't I wrote an internet. That down. It wasn't, it, it seemed that. like more of a weird database. The database makes sense. But how did she book the flights? How did she find think- him? Didn't didn't her mom work for the airline or something? Okay, so true? she had like a right? direct. I, think I I could be a complete liar. Yeah, so I the don't way know. Tricky. the way she found him because I did do some things. I was like, how does this happen? It's because she's a reporter that has access to a database. Of, oh, of, okay. Uh, so she had that access to the uh, to the obituary for the wife, and then she got the name of the uh, guy. It's like a yeah. work program. Yes. Okay. That but it seemed had to very enter. similar to the one booking the flight, though. Which it did. Which was confusing. But I guess every screen looked identical Just in that day. At that time. Yeah. And also, it's that, not like you had a web design layout. Uh, what's the actor's name who plays the the, the girlfriend? Gabby. Hoffman. Thank you. Gabby Hoffman just right on that computer. Like she's she, great. She knew her she shit. Was so great. I she was way ahead of her time. <laughs> what I was the, what was the thing she said that it was like an acronym for something? Oh, oh. MFEO. Made for each other. Oh, yes. Yeah. And there was another one that she said to Tom Hanks when he comes into the room. It was like G O G uh, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it was like hello goodbye or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, goodbye. yeah. yeah. H-A-G yeah. or something. Dad, could you shut the door? Sure. Sure. H and G. Hi and goodbye. I, I love H&G. that scene, especially at the end where Hanks like closes the door oh. and then the moment he opens it, I'm like, fucking right. Yeah, yeah that's open a dad that door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is inappropriate for that door to be closed, children. But to answer your question, Mike, I don't think the movie changes that much. Yeah, I don't think the, so either. Because the internet was the radio show. That's ah. that's how they used it. And he in, in if this was nowadays, he would be on a radio show. It would get popular, or maybe he or was a podcast. A, Tell me why this couldn't have been a popular episode sure. of a podcast, right? And then he would just get flooded with emails, and the sun right. would be going through the emails. Yeah. But couldn't she get? I found that she had trouble reaching him. Well, she, doing that database scene, which was fairly easy for her, that was her internet. That would just be a DM now to his Twitter. But what if he's yeah. right but, or but, a Google search, and then she still has to fly? Like that's the main obstacle is how far apart they are in. When he pulls down the thing, right. he pulls down the map, and he's like, "Where's Seattle? It's Where's Baltimore?" Like, it's just like she writes her. She writes a letter that she doesn't send. Rosie O'Donnell sends it. Then the kid gets it, and the kid answers it. Like it would be her sending an email and being like. Oh, fuck this, leaving Rosie seeing it and being like, ooh, I'm going to yeah. hit send on that. Or Hanks that is just a very offline guy. Emailing back. Yes. Like, yeah. You yeah. could just see him being a guy who's just a very, I don't have Twitter, I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook, he doesn't understand it, but the kid has, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You could just, the point is that I think it's a reason why this movie holds up as well as it does because it doesn't rely on on anything of, of the age exactly. Yeah, In some ways, was. it would have worked better if it was the internet, though, because- Yeah, you're talking me into it. <laughs> I'm like, the yeah. handwriting, when when she got that letter written by the kid, that would be a huge tip-off that it actually <laughs> was an eight-year-old. That's which true. made me laugh even more when Rosie's just trying to believe it. Like, okay, so he's not great with letters. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's right. There's some funny shit. Really funny movie. stuff. Some really, very really funny, funny stuff. Funny. Like you just brought, but there's some good jokes that I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm tipping my hat to my favorite scene. I don't know if it's my favorite scene or not, but the scene where they're talking about the allergies and the guy who's allergic to bees, I was like fucking dying. Oh, that was, good. was like, he's allergic bees. to bees. Harold hates bees. <laughs> <laughs> and it just keeps going throughout the whole scene. 
And then he references like a Lou Gehrig speech or baseball something. Reference. Yeah. Historical like, baseball yeah. reference. Historical baseball reference. That's a historical <laughs> reference. And I loved uh, Rob Reiner talking about uh, all, all the butt stuff. Like yeah. how, because I found too, at that time, women were obsessed with butts. Everything was like- Are they not still? I don't know. Now, how dare you, Shane? Maybe they are, but they're holding it inside. But it used to always be like, he's got a cute butt. How's his butt? And I, as a child, I never understood Maybe you're just not hearing as much anymore. <laughs> <in your older laughs> Butts, Anna, Why Anna. don't they all stop talking about Are we butts? pro butts? How do we feel about butts? We're definitely pro butts. Pro okay. body, man. Good, pro butts. So pro we're bringing butt. butts back in 2020. But are you yeah. openly talking about butts? No. Or do you, there's been no decline in your butt talk? <laughs> no. Have you I mean, ever in your life said to a friend, man, look at that guy's butt? Yes, I have. See? Really? I've oh, aged yeah. out of butt stuff then. I yeah, guess. That's what's happened. Yeah. Oh, well. And the genes weren't even conducive to butt watching in the 90s. Also true. Tom Hanks. Now we're in the age of tight, like tight ass yeah, butts. The, the skinny yeah. jeans. That's right. But- <laughs> But debating nice. aside, that was a funny scene. <laughs> I like the line uh, when uh, the kid's on the phone and he's talking about the radio host. He's like, she's a doctor. And he's like, doctor, doctor of what? Doctor could be her first name. <laughs> Great line. Right. Which yeah. is my yeah. bit for years. I said, when I have a kid, I'm going to name the kid doctor so that their name is Dr. Veerman. And then so they already set on this path where people will just assume that they're accomplished. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then if, the, you know, cool, like short form, be like, ah, doc, yeah, it's doc. Anyway, good joke. I've been What's doing that, that stupid like joke since I was probably 12. Maybe and I got like, it from this movie. I'm, I, so I thought I might have stole it from this movie. Yeah, maybe. Another line in this movie, uh, when she she's listening to the radio show and she goes into the diner and one of the women at the diner is like, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. Yep. My friend Bill Valance has been saying that since the 90s. <laughs> I'm watching oh, this film. Man. I'm going, oh my God. Oh my that's God. We stole it from Sleepless in fucking wow, Seattle. So funny. maybe I did watch this movie more than I remembered, <laughs> maybe Anna. Maybe you did. <laughs> the, to, the funniest line, the, uh, the line where I had to pause it was when he goes, you're like, she could be a psychopath. Haven't you ever seen Fla Fatal Attraction? That scared the shit out of me. Let's get the shit oh out of God. every man in America. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Oh my God. Amazing line. And then delivering it to his kid too, <laughs> like like so frustrated. Well, there was a lot of funny lines between him and the kid. There's so the kids many. brushing the teeth yeah. at one point yeah. and he's like, are you going to have sex with her? And I'm like, oh, how is Tom going to handle this? And he's like, I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how do you know about that? Yeah. Oh, Jess has cable. Yeah. He's like scratch cable. up her back and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> really funny. Right. <laughs> Oh, and there was a uh, when Meg is listening to, uh, like she turns on the radio and it's like, oh, we're going through the greatest hits of the year. And they're going through other famous calls. And there's one call uh, where she's like, every time I'm about to orgasm, my husband goes and makes a sandwich. Uh, yeah, and then she's like, have you ever thought about making him food before, before. you have sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh funny. It's just, it's yeah. a, it's, it's a, I didn't expect it to be this funny. Like mm -hmm. I don't expect rom-coms to give me like big, like belly laughs like that. Right? I love. I loved when, uh, so the kid leaves for New York, Jonah, and then now they're interrogating Gabby Hoffman and they're like, where is he? Where is he? And she's like, I won't say. And she goes, N Y. And then, uh, and then Tommy's like, no what does that mean? And, and the dad goes, no way. And Tom goes, no, that's NW. <laughs> my brain went there too. That's what was funny. Yeah. I was like, I'm exactly like this guy. In the heat of the moment. The dad yeah. or Tom Hanks? No, the dad, the dumb dad. dad who doesn't know the acronyms. I'm like, why is in W's? I always mix those up. So relatable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I liked when Tom is talking about how he's going to get laid on this trip. And he's like kind of muttering to himself. He's like, well, it's been a while. And he's like, oh, well, I did have six or seven in college. How long you been saying in there? Yeah, exactly. I heard Forever. Yeah. <laughs> it was eight in college. No, he uh, is. I wanted to talk about, so we keep, we keep talking around Tom Hanks and, 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 and his character. I found his character 
and I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, and I think it's a good thing just because of how unique it is, is that I, you you rarely see a movie where, in a, or I guess the wrong part, anything like that, where, where the guy is this kind of, I don't know if he's flawless, but he's pretty great. Like, he's a pretty, like, not not too complex. He's a great guy while he's Meg Ryan. He's a great Ryan, catch. He's a great catch. Well, Meg Ryan is the much more, like, neurotic, co- neurotic yeah. complex. She's, like, she has the problem. And it's, like, that's the kind of thing where I know I've seen, like, like a billion movies where it's the exact opposite. Where it's sort of, like, I, I, I don't know if Tom Hanks is underdeveloped in this movie, but he is definitely sort of, like, a, like a male fantasy for but I do think he's realistically perfect. He wasn't like he wasn't the perfect dad. He was he was making mistakes. He was talking inappropriate with his child. So it wasn't that type of like a movie. Sometimes yeah. today you'll see the guy's just ripped. He's so kind. It's almost like he knows a I camera's he's always handsome, but not on too him. Handsome. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, he wasn't overly polite. He wasn't talking the way people don't talk. Yeah. So what, it was that real world like fantasy of like oh this is a guy i could i actually want to be with not this unrealistic 50 shades of gray dude or whatever i guess that's why i'm glad to have to anna have your perspective i'm like is this is is this indeed like like as a big reason you like this movie like wow this guy really is a great like is a big reason you want them to get together because because of this this guy that they have created like i think they have Nora efren kind of created this like very interesting very unique well the question is do you think he's realistic 100% 100% he's realistic. Yeah. And that's why I love the movie so much. And I buy the relationships. I buy the characters. I just think that, you know, it's a very common thing to, to you know, maybe not very common, but just have this guy who has felt pain, who has gone through a lot of hardships in life. And he's just sitting in this place now of, you know, having to raise a kid alone and and try to find... I don't know, the, the joy in every day and try to find something maybe not, you know, not his soulmate. Companionship. But a compa- yeah, it's exactly. Lonely. It's just him and this kid for the last year. Is there something attractive like about really a guy that you kind of want to fix? Is that part of it? Like you, you're saying, like there's a guy who's like he's vulnerable and and, and he's felt pain. It's like that yeah, feels. Yeah, like I can help that. I, can, yeah. I mean, that's. I feel like that's a very. It's gotta be. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like a motherly instinct that especially that we if have. he's not a drug addict or abusive. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not honestly, extreme. It's yeah. honestly widowers in general are the perfect vetting mechanism for like a, a. I feel like a single. Like here's the thing. It's like wait a second. He's he's 38 and he has a kid and he's single. Why? Oh, his wife passed away. Oh, oh. you know what I mean. Whereas oh, it's like yeah. <laughs> your voice. Yeah. It's like it automatically oh. goes. Oh, he's not a bad guy. He didn't fuck up his own life. He's not divorced. Well, it's the ultimate you know. catch because there's a whole thing and they, there's a recurring line about being over forty. How hard yeah, it is to find time. somebody who's yeah. decent. It's like, oh, he's forty. What? What's his major malfunction? Why is he single? His wife died. Oh, he's one of these rare people who's actually. It wasn't any. Uh, reason they broke up other than she simply got sick and died he did nothing wrong whatsoever he so was he's in, still pure and he was yeah. in a perfect relationship yep. still it's not like he even wanted out like the way he yeah. describes her over the radio where it's like oh like it's not one thing it's everything uh maggie uh my wife she really did it uh, and she, i mean she loved uh, 
She made everything beautiful. Like it's, right. a, it's a million things. That, that's, that's what, what makes, makes her cry. Good. Yeah. Right? I loved that woman too. They, they, ah, I thought they picked a really. K- Carrie Lowell good. from from Law and Order. That's right. Ama- I was, I couldn't. You mean the I, wife? The woman that played his wife? You seem disgusted with her. No, she's amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no. I was Your like, reaction was like, ugh. No, no I was like, Lowell. I was like, he's no, still no. just getting over her death. <laughs> yeah. Give him sorry. some time. No, I went, I was, sorry. I'm, it's the other way where I'm like, no, I completely agree. I feel like she's someone who you could skate by in this movie, but I think she's. Fantastic. There are no small yeah. parts. I had no. almost Correct. I had almost wished they had switched and had Meg Ryan as the, the wife. <laughs> you've always wanted Meg to die though. Just a minute on this podcast. Oh. Now that you've got male fan. <laughs> Call him what the ugly cousin or something. Yeah. Ever since that Twitter joke, I wish she was dead. But the wife was so amazing. I was like, and yeah. the way, way he was talking about her, and yeah, I love the, the way point. she looked. But yeah. Meg bothered me, but that's a story for another. Uh, really? Well, uh, no, no. I was going to. Oh no! I was going to ask. I did want to get to Meg. If 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 we feel like she's in the negative camp, then maybe we can can skate. But did you enjoy Meg in this film, Anna? I did. Me too. I she's did. a positive for me. If net we can positive. do, if we yeah. want to move to like favorite character, because I've been saving talking about Meg Ryan because I think she's my favorite person. Let's in this do movie. character yeah, and then scene. Out of here. <laughs> okay. I think we're going to get into a debate. Okay. Th- first, we're going to do favorite character in Sleeps in Seattle. We're going to start with our guest, Anna. Anna, right. who's your fave? Lot lots to choose from. So many. Um, ooh, probably Tom. Uh, I, I hate to go with the most obvious, but He's Tom. Good. And then Jessica is like a close second. <laughs> oh, you love the, the girlfriend She's character. I feel like I'm Jessica sometimes. Here's a question. When you watch a film like this, do you find that you relate more with the Meg character? Like, like you go, oh, like I see myself in the Meg character sort of falling in love. Or do you find yourself sort of separate from her falling in love with Tom Hanks yourself. Like, where do you, because we always watch a movie from a certain perspective. Like, I know who I relate to when I watch this film. I go, oh, if my wife passed away, how would I act like the Tom Hanks character? And would I be into the Meg Ryan character? What perspective do you watch from? Or do you just watch it as like a, I don't think about it too much. I just, I just watch it. I just watch it and let it unfold. And I don't, I don't really actively think about anything when I'm watching a movie. I just want to watch the movie. But like, for sure, I like, fall for Tom Hanks in this film. Yeah. He's just so lovable. He, he really is. He's great. I was sorry. I was thinking while Have watching Have you guys ever it. watched till after the credits though? It turns out he killed his wife. <laughs> oh, the bonus scene. Whoa, the bonus scenes. Doctor. Yeah, that's the direct, that's the criterion collection. Uh different How'd they film. They miss all these stab wounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Cancer again. Oh, <laughs> the man. worst doctor in the world. That's the guy whose name is Doctor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I found it sort of weird because like, I was thinking about while watching, I'm like, wow, so this movie is sort of about how the difference between like destiny and like free will. And that's something they talk about it several times. Oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. The idea, and I'm like, wow, isn't it kind of crazy that he just made this and then he made Forrest Gump, which is all about destiny versus free will and about how like, are you the, are, are you controlling your life or is the universe controlling you? Then I'm like, wait a minute. That's also kind of like what Castaway is about <laughs> and also kind of like what Apollo 13 is about. And I'm like, and it's about Saving Private Ryan and all that. I'm like, is he like, has America decided choosing. he is this avatar for stories about free will versus like fatalism? Favorite favorite character pops just. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it's, for an hour. <laughs> Jesus, I'm just saying it's bizarre that 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 is where Tom Hanks. That was the most pop speech pocket. of all time <laughs> to get into. <laughs> what do you think about point, that? I, I I agree. I think perhaps ha. that he's. I zoned out, so I don't even know God. what the point she's, is. She's saying this is this aside from America choosing him. It's like Tom is choosing these scripts because it's yeah. probably something yeah, he's probably into. I think that's, yeah, that's As what an actor, he's into probably, and that's what he's driving. To, yeah. He wants, he that's the, the image and brand that he wants to create and what he wants to stand for as an actor. I wonder if it's fascinated he by himself. He's probably yeah. wondering, is yeah. there a God? That's what, what, I'm what does it about. all mean? Yeah. 
I wonder if he thinks about that a lot and he sees a script that's So about that's what resonates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Favorite uh, character. Meg Ryan, Annie, was amazing. I yeah. can't believe you didn't like her because I thought she, I wrote in big letters, she is this movie. Arses, 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 jingle arses, bells, jingle arses, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Like, mm. I think she is mm. so interesting. I think she's so compelling. I think that she's weird. I think she's like kind of crazy in what she's, but she knows she's kind of crazy. She and acknowledges the, mm-hmm. the, she she the movie acknowledges it. And it's so, and it's something I just haven't seen before. And she keeps like kind of trying to stop herself. She's like, no, I can't start going after some guy I heard on the radio. This is insane. Like I have a fiance and, and it was, and I felt like I, 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 every time it left her, I felt like the movie lost a little bit of steam because I was so compelled wow. in what she was doing and her drive forward towards that very last scene. I felt like she was very active towards getting to, to that end there. Hmm. I'm very attracted to Meg Ryan. I like okay. the way she looks. <laughs> it's nothing against that. It's just, I don't like flakes. And she is this type of person. She doesn't really know what she wants. She's taking other people's advice. She's changing her mind every two seconds. She's being quirky. She's being mean to Bill Pullman in a way that yeah. if the roles were reversed, and if it was a man doing that to a woman, you'd almost despise the man. Which is what makes her so interesting, right? right. I don't it, see. It I don't is see interesting. I, I agree with you. It is like interesting, that. but interesting doesn't mean I like this character. Fair enough. And I didn't feel like, like she. She was kind of annoying me all the time she was on the screen and everything she did was like reminding me of a relationship I had that uh-huh. I didn't like. True. Like a you lot of the Bill Pullman. Well, a lot of my own <laughs> and the things I like about Tom Hanks, which I'm going to say is my favorite. your vaporizer thing on beside you while you're getting all upset? I'm probably closer to Meg Ryan as a person than I am Tom Hanks, but these are qualities I don't like in myself. Tom Hanks was this super stable guy, funny uh, uh, he was honest and honorable, everything. Yeah, we can all relate to that. Yeah, exactly. That's why he's definitely going to be your favorite character, Mike, because he's like you. Um, but I did think he was the best character and very compelling. And anytime I went away from Tom, opposite of what you said, I felt like the movie just lost steam. Hated the scenes when Meg's like spying on him from afar. It was just that was down. weird. Interesting sequence. Weird, yeah. <laughs> I uh, Tom Hanks, he's my favorite character. I just wanted to jump on this John tip. I I, I did like I. To me, what is fascinating with the Meg Ryan character is I agree with everything Shane says. Uh, in real world, like in practical sort of application, she would probably be a lot to sort of be in a partnership with because she is so sort of like flighty and sort of prone to sort of like these sort of like uh, uh, um, neurotic episodes. And she's idiosyncratic in, in certain ways that I think is a testament to Meg Ryan because she makes them so adorable and attractive mm-hmm. yeah. that I mm-hmm. go, I would still be with I still her. Like her. Actor, <laughs> actor making it. And I don't know if that's aesthetic or if there's something she exudes that is just kindness and like, yeah, like you kind of fall, in, I, you fall in love with both of them. Yeah. Yep. You know, sure it's you like, do. I want to spend time with both of these people. And I think that, I think that's an testament to her ability, whatever she exudes that, that thing that you can't really describe, right? Like it's yep. like put other actors in that role, doing that role. And they're probably 50% more unlikable. Third yeah. Tinder date. Everything you liked about her, you would start to. Yeah, it I would think start about to that a little bit about yeah. where this movie. I think we talk about that a lot. Like, well, we'll get fast to that. forward okay. two weeks after this movie. All right, let's do best scene. Let's. I think. We, I think we should just move right on to knocking it off, just because, just timing wise. Okay, Jeez. we're not going to talk about best scene. No, we're, we're not going to do best scene. We're, we're not going to talk scene. about what we disliked. 
we no, are. I think move right on oh, to this yeah, one. I see. Well, I just see. quickly do best scene. Okay. She just waved <laughs> off her next meeting, by the way. She <laughs> literally <laughs> just did that. Yeah. Just time I quit. Oh, We're talking sleepless <laughs> in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sure, best scene if we have time to, but I just want to make yeah. sure we don't. don't we'll do a quick short shrift. Go ahead. Best I scene. don't know about best scene, but it's like my favorite scene. It's yeah. the scene where Rosie O'Donnell and, and Meg Ryan are on the couch watching An Affair to Remember. And that's oh. where she gets the idea of like, meet him on the on the top of the Empire State <laughs> Building. That's my favorite. That's good. I like the bees. Bees the made bees, me laugh. That dinner Ology, scene. It was so funny. It was like really well written, Rel. And the, and the, and right when he said like historical reference baseball, that got me. I'm like, this is yeah, of great. It I made me it. think about how they shot it. Like, did they yeah. basically shoot the conversations and then just shoot that guy's inserts and then do it in the edit? Or was it improvised? Or did stuff? they perform it all as one big scene? Or is it, like, I'm just like, mm -hmm. do you do the conversation between the dad and Meg and then you do this conversation and then you have the ISO camera on the B inserts and then you just- I think how we shot the Virgin commercial. I think so, yeah. which is a reference everyone listening will get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this pod's just for me and you. Uh, best scene, Shaney. Uh, I like the scene when he's uh, talking about uh, his wife and remembering how he has mm. to move the city and they do the cut to them at the the baseball game. Oh, Rachel yeah. Fields. Oh, you just gave me chills. Yeah. Great, great scene. Mm -hmm. Fucking great scene. The same thing is this kid is in mourning just as much as the dad. You know, the, this, the movie's about the kid's pain too. That's why he's reaching out, trying to find a new mom. That makes me sad. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, my favorite scene is by far the Empire State Building. It's the ending. It the end. feels yeah. the best. It feels, you know, there was times when I'm watching this movie and I'm going, okay, there's a lot of musical montages, whatever, whatever. And then when we finally get to that moment where we get them together after an hour and 50, hour 45, I felt, I was like, ah, ah, that was worth off. it. Yeah. You know, when she's holding the backpack and then they shoot it and then the kid comes and he's like, oh, I just left it by the, uh, and then it's like, she looks and he looks and it's the culmination of everything. So to me, that scene felt amazing and it's right. worth the, the, the journey. So that's the best scene for me. I didn't like I that uh, security guard poking out, looking for one second. Oh you're like, there's no one here. Okay, bye. Like, oh, there's no one here. So it's like, how you didn't, sir. you're not, you can't see that there's yeah. no one here. I also <laughs> love when she's like, can I please go up? Can I please go up or whatever? And he's like, she mentions the movie. He's like, that's my wife's favorite movie. It would have been hilarious. He's like, but you still can't go up. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, it'd be funny if he said like, uh, lady, we get one of you a week. Yeah, I like, thought that was the line. I was yeah. thinking the exact same thing, John. I thought uh, total missed opportunity. Yeah, that's what I, I wrote that yeah. down. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on for the case to knock it off so the pedestal. What is aged badly? What was poor even then? You're talking about the today was my line. These guys are just, uh, that's good. <laughs> so trying to move on. Sorry, because you know, it notes. picks up on microphone. <laughs> 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 They're just having a full. So we're going to play basketball later. I'm like, fuck. No, we're talking about that line. Still on topic. Beers after work. Cool. Sounds good. Anna's got a meeting. Okay. Okay. So the case for knocking it off the pedestal. What is aged badly? What was bad even then? What are its flaws, guys? I'll start. Maybe. A lot, a lot of long musical montages. Like there yep. was about five different things where it was almost like, no, no, we have to play at least two minutes of this song. So let's have her walking or let's have him, you know, also like I know the movie's called Sleepless in Seattle, but we had a lot of scenes of them being sleepless that felt very on mm -hmm. the nose. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of non-dialogue. padding. Yes. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. would be my first thing as I was watching this film, I'm going, Shit, I'm like, I'd almost rather see more scenes where yeah, Rosie O'Donnell and Meg point. Ryan are talking or uh, Tom Hanks and the kid are hanging out or Hanks is hanging out with the girl he's dating yeah. or whatever. It's not a long movie, but it's feel, but I like, especially in the second act, I'm like, this is kind of boring like, for another musical montage? for a rom-com. And that might be why, where it's like, it just sort of stops for a bit. It just stops and like a montage and things oh, like that. Oh, the beginning's good. The middle's like boring. Yeah. And then it only picks up when That's the kid what I goes thought. to That's New York. That's a pure for yeah. one act, third, first act, third act movie. Yeah. Anna? That's true. I know it's hard um, to find flaws in your favorite it film. It really is. Uh, 
the flaws? I don't know. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is a flawless movie? There's nothing okay. to you. That- I love it. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Give me a minute. Okay, well, how about you guys this? Talk. Here I'll we go. Could to- they have taken maybe three to four hundred candles out of the dinner scene? <laughs> <laughs> that house is the biggest fire hazard I've ever seen in my life. No, but as I'm watching, I'm getting so much anxiety. Yeah. Like it's horrible set decoration. It turns into Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> Was that not oh, distracting? Shit. <laughs> that was so distracting and just thoughtless, I thought. I'll say I didn't think about it until you just brought it up. And now that yeah. you've mentioned it, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, fuck, there was a lot of candles. It's a yeah, set now decorator. I want to watch it just for the candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. It's a set decorator going, this is my shot. I'm in a Nora <laughs> Ephron film. Let's make it fucking warm, do it. Warm, uh, make it pretty. That, uh, I think you should leave <laughs> sketch fun. where it's like this, are this they have like a bunch of candles that got to offload. So like maybe we could sell them a, like, a, like 10,000 candles yes. for this one scene. Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, the big, the biggest issue, and to me, it feels like the movie like lives or dies on this was the 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 fact that his wife dies of cancer like right at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then the to- and I'm like this the tone of the like no matter what happens throughout the movie when there's funny things when he's calling up someone on the Rolodex when he's talking about how I should date now I'm like man like I, I feels like I want to see him like break a little more that he's still misses his wife more. Like, it feels like we move too quickly into like a hey, man. world. People process. I know, I know. I'm saying I'm not, sure. it's not wrong. It's just, he's but really. But it's been a year and a half and it would almost be too much if he was always obsessed with the wife. I feel like that would yeah. be my reverse. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. it's just a, a tone issue of that. It moves into, it feels like it's a movie more about a guy who got like divorced rather than a guy whose wife died tragically of cancer. It's just so I don't know. I was like that phone call where he's talking about how yeah. perfect she is. Yeah, I'm like right. no woman's that, ever yeah, going like, to live up to this. The first act for sure the first, like, I feel like it nailed it in that first act. It feels like by the second act and they're talking about like tiramisu jokes. Tiramisu. What is tiramisu? You'll see. Some woman is going to want me to do it to her and I'm not going to know what it is. You'll love it. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like Tom Hanks it feels like Hanks has it in him to like do both give me the guy who's like wearing a mask of someone like I'm going to put this on and I'm going to and I'm going to like venture forth. And it's, but it, it, it felt like it just that that they kind of hand waved it away then and, mm. and I didn't like it. And it felt like at several times I'm like, man, like this is just a bizarre. It's a bizarre movie about a, a guy whose wife tragically died. And, and it's just it's kind of gone from the from the, the tone of the movie. I bought the timeline. Yeah, I the, bought that. Too. I bitterness was appropriate. Here's, I here's, disagree. <laughs> I knew Wrong. you would disagree because it was your opinion we're disagreeing with. But my the movie really hangs on to me, and this is when I was saying it might work better with the internet. This was totally one-sided. Like, she got to know Tom Hanks' personality. You really get a sense of who he is. Mm-hmm. She's spying on him when he's not paying attention. That was She weird. knows yeah. that he's a great dad. He's not just putting on airs when he's on the mic. But Tom, he just, easy, easy out. Okay, she's gonna walk in and she's really hot, so you like her, and it's just like love at That's first it. sight for you. Yeah. And it's like a total infatuation based on nothing other than she's pretty cute. Jeez, she might be as hot as my wife. You're a hundred percent. I didn't yeah. even realize that. You're right. If there's one flaw in my book, that that would be it. And I can You're just right. picture like even the ending scene, which you said yeah, which yeah. would be great. Had they established, like, and you got mail, I don't remember that film. But I'm, I think there's like a dialogue. They go back and forth oh, and they really love each other's personality based on their emails or their no. messages. That's, That's, point. The, That's the, it. The Great point. And yes. then when they finally Not meet, person, it's though. like, you look like how I'd want you, know you to You're look right. based on your personality. Oh, I'm just imagining Tom 
three dates later and being like, all these quirks are annoying. This sweetness is like rotting my teeth. I fucking hate this woman. And then she's going to be a flake to him too. Well, he was willing to hang with the hyena. So he clearly has a tolerance level for annoying quirks. But he justified it for getting laid. After he got (laughs) laid, hyena was out. We all knew that. We all knew that. Hi, this is Shane with a quick editor's note. I wanted to add this in because we didn't have enough time during the recording. I felt a little bit rushed. We did this on our lunch hour. And I just wanted to say that I thought the real love story in this movie was between Tom Hanks and his son. Boom. And <laughs> I don't mean that in a, you know, relationshipy way. I just mean like a father-son love, obviously. Continue. Anyway, back to the episode. Pops here with another editor's note. Uh, I edit all these episodes. And uh, two things. First, I just think it's kind of funny that Shane uh, told me he wanted to send a little addition to this uh, where he wanted to talk about how the real relationship with this movie is uh, between Tom Hanks and his son. And then he sent it to me. And then it turns out all he said was the real relationship in this movie is between Tom Hanks and his son. And that made me laugh. Uh, But secondly, I want to say that I agree. And it's actually a really good point that I think it's the, that relationship between uh, uh, Sam and Jonah, uh, I think that's why the first and third acts are actually so strong because that's where uh, uh, the focus is in those acts. And in the middle, when it's kind of more focused on the real quote-unquote love story of the movie, that's why it starts to feel a little more boring because it's kind of underdeveloped and you don't care about it as nearly as much as, as the father-son relationship. So... Great point, Shane, is all I'm saying. So now back to the show. Here's a question philosophically, (laughs) and you get to something that I thought about a lot with this film. Um, Depending on your point of view or how you feel about destiny and then how you feel about practical things would be maybe the way you view this film. Because Mm -hmm. you have to believe that when Tom Hanks sees her, it's the love that they talk about in that film all the time. Or when I touched the hand, I knew. You fear to remember style. All that shit. Storytelling. So ultimately, it's like if you're somebody, if you're romantic or you're young, like Anna was saying when she was watching this film, and you sort of, you, you buy the destiny. So the Tom Hanks, half of it relies totally on whatever the sort of tapestry of the universe is bringing them together. And she's this undeniable match for him after his first wife passed Mm away. Uh, And then- And then with her, like you said, she actually gets to know him. So I think, and I don't think it's cynical. I think everything you're saying is practical. But I think if you're someone that believes in fate or the tapestry of the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, a plan, then you go, oh yes, that is what it is. But I think more often than not, we've seen in life, whatever we we feel is, is, is true love is actually just... A physical attraction. Of course. It was clearly meant, like, the, what you're talking about, Mike, is, as I'm watching it, it's clearly, that's what it was meant to be. When he sees her, it wasn't meant to be like, what a hottie. It's meant to be like, <laughs> some spiritual thing has connected me to this person in some way that I cannot possibly explain. Yeah, and you see that in his face. Like, that's how you interpret it. And I think that's what makes it so great. Like, at the end, the payoff is like, holy shit, I don't know who you are, but I feel like I've known you my whole life based on his one look. But we've all had that problem. Exactly. That's the problem. And it's always the turned problem is south. And then I'm like, oh, geez, getting to know the person is it's better. A movie. It is a movie. You're right. <laughs> but we examine these movies very under the a problem, microscope. No, but the problem yeah. is like the moment you take that step back and be like, if this was me and that was like, would it, I'm, even if it was like 75% it's the universe, 20, if she, if, if I did not find her like physically 
physically attractive. I'm not sure if the universe would have magically connected me to this woman in this exact same way. This, you know what I mean? This movie is insane. Everything that everyone does in this movie is insane. <laughs> this and movie sure. is insane. And Let's you just... watch a movie like this, though, but it feels What's good. What's the most insane movie you've ever seen in your life? Sleepless, Sleepless, Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, that movie's Triple fucking X. bonkers. <laughs> Fast and Furious 8. Yeah. <laughs> 7? No. Sleepless in Seattle, man. It's nuts. But what it does is you watch a movie like this and it makes you feel amazing and you go, I need to take a chance. Movies like this yes. make people gamble because they believe anything is possible and anything can happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it feels good to watch it. But if you think about it through a practical lens, that's what ends up happening is you start applying it to your real life date. You can't, you can't look at any movie through a practical lens. None of them are practical. That's why but they're movies. This one they're actually made me think so much about my own life. And I was like, I'm so glad my wife is alive because I love the wife that died in this movie. And I was like, geez, if my wife died, I could get a woman like Meg Ryan. Then she's just gonna flake like out on me. You have to like you're you're now you're I might for... actually be able to get the actual Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. I think it's in play. Yeah. But I actually was while watching this in the flashback scenes, like I messaged my wife, like, I love Aww. you. Oh wow. I did. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. And this has been sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it did really make me appreciate that that perfect yeah. woman he had. And mm -hmm. like and I didn't it really exacerbated how much I don't like Meg in this movie. <laughs> I, just, I, I think she needed a speech where she's like, I know this is crazy. You're going to think I'm a flake. I left this person, but I actually am doing this just because I feel like it's true love somehow. And call me crazy, but this is fake. But she, is, Something she like does kind of say that to, to Walter. And I think, the, the, I guess maybe mm -hmm. the, 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 go back to the tone issue of like, it is purposefully two movies. It is purposefully her story happening here and his story happening here. And you kind of have to dependent on on do you like both stories equally and do you feel they're going to intertwine and end at the right place and yeah. i think i feel like i really like her story and and i like that movie and i find his a little weird and off and you're saying i think i really like his story and i find hers kind of weird and off and mm -hmm. i feel like that might be an issue with the movie where there's kind of weird things kind of being meshed together that i'm not 100 percent sure actually properly meshed together mm -hmm. you know what i mean Yes. You know who I think uh, the universe should bring together? Mm. Bill Pullman, the Walter character, and the hyena. 100%. Ooh, I I'd think watch they, that movie. Made in heaven. They would work together. That would they be would. great. Oh, that would be a great like after credit sequence where they just happen I, I to meet. I think that's like, right. Because Bill does like telling jokes. And yeah. He, and he never gets a laugh like he He's really wants. Great. Like with I the love waiter him. scene. I love Walter. Yeah, yes. he is great. <laughs> he if the waiter doesn't some. laugh at him, the hyena would have loved it. That's guys, a great pull. Did you guys pull catch man. this? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great pull, man. Did you it's a guys, great pull, man. Did you guys catch that little uh, um, sort of uh, backstory thing where when Tom Hanks first goes on the date with the hyena, the guy, the waiter comes over and he immediately knows she wants the Pinot Noir or the white the white Pinot. Oh no. Oh, it's to imply she's been through the ringer on dates. She she like she uh -huh. really wants to find a guy. Serial dater, yeah. Yeah, and that so to me I caught that and I go I think it just Good told me pull. a little bit about who Man. she is and what she's gone Great through, pull. you know. And uh and then they obviously keep doing the callback that it's it's more likely to 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 to, to lose your life to a terrorist than to get married over 40. You know it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than it is to get married over the age of 40. That's not true. That statistic is not true. That's right. It's not true. But it feels true. Which Man, is a that joke. is a criticism too, because I'm thinking, I'm like, Rosie O'Donnell's like fifty something now. When this movie was made, she was either in her twenties or early thirties. Thirties, yeah. But 
she's 33 in the film. So to say, like, just be talking, complaining about being over 40 and can't find a man. Well, the idea you're still in a pretty good prime. Rosie. I think they're, they're seeing 40 coming and they're like, you know, that like D-Day is coming. I think that's the point they're trying like to the get countdown. at where they're like, there yeah. is a countdown. And at some point, what one point you'll hit that countdown and then it's over. Yeah. Another random note. so far away when you're 33. Another random note. When when Meg first goes into the news office and they're pitching stories and she mentions they're listening to Sleepless in Seattle. Do you notice the one story was about a, a, a soup kitchen owner who was very mean to soup, people? I did like the soup Nazi. Did they, I did. Did they I steal that, that from Seinfeld? Or did Seinfeld steal that from Seinfeld in Seattle? But I did know. I, mean, I, th- I had that flash across. I'm like, oh, so I think I just thought, oh, soup Nazi. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I was okay, picking up all sorts of stuff. we have two minutes here. Guys. Can I say one more weird thing? Of just course. Because I, I had to has nothing to do with the film. Yeah. <laughs> it, to, it, was, it was just so weird. I like pickles weird. covered in chocolate. I, rewa- floor. I rewound it <laughs> three times. And I'm like, is this, when they're, they, I forget who said it, it was Walter or someone, where they were ordering dim sum. Mm-hmm. And Walter That's goes, Walter? is there weed in the dim sum? That was weird. Wheat. And I, wheat. Wheat. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Go. He's Pops, allergic to wheat. You have like the same mind, I feel like. I rewound yeah. it like three times. And I'm like, is he saying weed? Is there weed? Why the fuck would he ask if there's weed in the dim sum? <laughs> Pauses the film. I did. It. I rewound it over and over. I'm like, I'm, I'm missing something. Wheat? And it was wheat. Yeah. Anna, Anna, do you, do you <sighs> watch movies? Better. Do you scrutinize films <laughs> this much? No. Each line of dialogue? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Is and this I the watch... worst possible way to watch a movie? <laughs> no. No, it's not. But I just, I watch films over and over again. I have Me too. quite a few films that I've seen probably over 10 times, maybe more. And I just like watching movies and enjoying where they take me. I don't, I don't like scrutinizing it. It's a little too much. It takes away the magic. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I do, I have to scrutinize. That's the only way I can watch a movie. It's horrible. <laughs> Guys. Get to it. Should we get to the the verdict? Are we keeping this on? You never go first, Mike. You go first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I will go first on this one. Um, Listen, like I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by how this movie made me feel. I did think it was crazy at times that they kept them away from each other for so much of the film. You can't Mm -hmm. keep the two leads off the board for that long. Like we watched two separate full relationships for an hour and 20 until we just get to the moment at the end, which in some ways is a, a cool way to do a film. It's a unique way to do a film. It's an interesting way to do a film. I think this is like a perfect sort of like um, rom-com of a certain time. It's of a different generation. And I think even in 1993, this probably felt like a throwback to something from the 50s. Oh, for, I, th- I was thinking that, that it felt like an old Hollywood mm-hmm. 50s, 40s felt kind like of movie. Sure. Well, they were kind of wearing it on their sleeve, yeah. which yeah. you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so so watching, I'm like, I, I, I see the purpose this serves. It's a perfectly nice film. It makes me feel really good. The leads are great. Tom Hanks was amazing. The kid's great. I, I really uh, fell in love with Meg Ryan as well. Uh, but, as far as like a film, like you must see this. This is canon of the greatest films or like the, you have to see this rom-com or else you're missing out on on sort of the greatest rom-coms of all time or something like that. Uh, I, I just can't get there with it. I think there was too many sort of uh, long stretches of music, too many little quirks, uh, too, too many little things, but it's perfectly pleasant. This is, a, this is a good movie. It's a really good movie, but I do not think it's a pedestal movie. And I want you to go. I feel like I know where you're going with this. <laughs> do you? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of drama there. Uh, well, yeah, for me, it's just, it's a timeless classic. Um, I can watch it over and over again as far as the pedestal goes. Perhaps not, you know, one of the greatest films of all time, but I would argue and say that it is probably the greatest rom-com ever made. And just for that title alone, I think it belongs on the pedestal. Love it. It's a bold claim. Uh, for me, I'm going to say uh, off the pedestal. 
just because I do think it has a nostalgic factor. If it's the movie you watch and it's like your comfort food, it's great. But if uh, my daughter, for instance, I won't be like, you have to see this rom-com. It'll make you believe in love again or whatever. I don't think I'll be doing this. Like, I almost even like the movie, the Ryan Reynolds movie, definitely maybe better. Than I like this definitely one. maybe. Yeah, that one's underrated. Oh, I saw but that. I thought you were going to say, which is the other Ryan Reynolds that movie yeah. with, with, with Sandra Bullock. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, wait. Shot Sandra in Bullock? Toronto, too. What, what, which? The Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds one. Is he like an intern? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the proposal. proposal. I love the I love proposal. that. I love, I love the that proposal. movie, too. Well, maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe. Anna, are you free to come back for the proposal? I think even bring another, it's, I think this movie is like the prototypical rom-com and I think it like kind of started this kind of rom-com, but I don't know if it's the best rom-com because I do feel like I, I, I did, I said it several times that it's kind of like two of the three acts are good, but the, the middle is just so like soft. It's kind of boring. Uh, and, and I, and I do feel like that the, it's so tonally all over the place. I couldn't, I found myself, I couldn't get into it. I felt like there was something blocking me out from it, whether it was, what the the Tom Hanks and his wife story or or Meg or, or whatever was happening it felt like it just was not, it could not like congeal together into a full enjoy enjoyable situation I, I thought the Liam Neeson's story in in Love Actually where his <laughs> other his wife, Taken which was also taken, yeah, yeah Taken yeah. three way better <laughs> but Liam Neeson like uh, uh, Sarah actually brought this up but she was like Liam Neeson where his wife passed away and he has a son and then their like little story there where he kind of dives into his son's his stepson's life and it becomes more of a love story with with his son in school I'm like that's a kind of, feels like it's that kind of story done in a much more interesting way so. Yeah, I would say, sorry, Anna, but I think also off the pedestal. <laughs> All right, so I guess we are closing the book on... Horrible. Wow. Let's just, wow. Let's just we'll edit use in another sound effect. No, yeah, we're yeah. going to use that one. <laughs> okay. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate thank it. You. Thank we can, you. Guys. We can see you next other than The Fanatic. Yeah, I have a film called The Cuban mm-hmm. coming out wait to uh, see it. very, very soon. Lou Gossett Jr. It looks off amazing. Record, it actually looks really, off the really, record, really good. All right. Yeah, uh, I'm proud. I'm, I'm yeah. very proud. You produced of it? it like she was, she was not just in it. Like this is she. She's made this oh, movie. Wow. Oh yeah. Jeez. Big time. Faceted. Amazing. Well, we try. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, great. Everyone, check out uh, the Cuban when it comes out. Absolutely. Thanks again for coming on. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye.